0: It's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another.
3: That's right, my name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Wow, what a fiasco last night uh, with respect to the CNN town hall with Joe Biden. Yeah, it was a mess. Um, so Joe Biden pretty much made a fool out of himself. Um, and here is a couple of clips we're going to go ahead and play. Uh, just a, just a couple, uh, because they're they're telling. They really illustrate, I think, well what uh, what we're what we're dealing with here. This guy is uh, can't can't really complete full sentences. Now I had a couple of clips here. I was trying to make sure I picked out the right one, and um, so let's take a listen to this.
0: That's underway, just like the other question that's illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing.
3: He's talking to Don Lemon, by the way. Don Lemon, always straight up Don Lemon. Handsy pants, hands, hands in the guy's pants, Don Lemon. Um, here he is. Well, if you don't know that backstory, he was... Uh, brought the court sued for molesting another guy uh, whatever let's listen again
0: that's underway just like the other question that's illogical and i've heard you speak about it because you always i'm not being solicitous but you you're always straight up about what you're doing yeah. and the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh um are why can't the 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 experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, uh, it's going to be, uh, or excuse I me, mean, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that means, you mean for the FDA? For the FDA. Yeah. That's underway, just like the other question.
3: Wow, what a, what a mess, right? 80, Mr. 81 million, it turns out that the auditorium was empty. The auditorium was empty as well. Uh, so here's another, another quite, uh, short clip. Uh, let's take a listen to this one.
0: The, the various shots that people are getting now cover that.
3: Talking about COVID shots.
0: The, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're You're OK. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah, the the, the very-
3: So he just lied there, right? You know, we know that he lied. Um, There's an article in, in Boston where now it's uh, over 5000 people uh, have come down with COVID that have been fully vaccinated. So how do you square that? That's like another one, right? Another lie. And why in the world would I, would I consider getting that vaccine if it doesn't work? Why would I do that? I said this. It says, this is not inf- misinformation, but politicians never tell you this. More than 5,100 Massachusetts residents tested positive for COVID-19 despite being fully vaccinated against the virus, and 80 of them have died. State health officials said Tuesday night. Now, that's NBC Boston, but also those Texas uh, AWOL politicians that went to D.C., six of them got COVID, and I think all six were vaccinated. Now, whether they were recently vaccinated or you need five weeks or whatever it is. And then there's another guy that was basically saying there's hundreds of strains, if not thousands of strains. Every single time the virus hits, hits a person, it mutates. So there's going to be all kinds of different strains of this virus. So if the vaccine works for one and not the other, then why even bother with the vaccine? when we know that things like ivermectin work just fine. So I replied to that, 5,100 Massachusetts residents, and I said, why in the world should I take a vaccine if it doesn't work when I know that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine therapeutics work so well? Why would I do that? I don't know, you know? I mean, they want me to take the jab And everybody's pushing it. Even Ron DeSantis is pushing it. Hannity is pushing it. I I just don't understand why. Because every single person knows, everybody knows, that if you get the vaccines up over 50%, you're starting to hit the territory where big corporations are going to ruin your life. They're going to change your life forever. They're basically going to mandate vaccine passports. They already have this system in place. You already see UN trucks um, outside of uh, different um, government buildings in Canada and here in the United States. And you you just know that the World Health Organization is developing a vaccine software that's going to go into your smartphone. Again, That's why that freedom phone is so important, to get off the grid and not participate in this world experiment of controlling populations like globalists always do. I know I say it all the time, but I'm the only one saying it. I'm the only one saying these things about globalist population control, whether it was back in the 80s and Bono and... All these people and AIDS to Africa and all the musicians and all the liberals would get into a big kumbaya moment and they would put out these slush funds of money that were misappropriated and everybody was getting rich off of it. The event organizers were getting paid handsomely to promote these things. And for what to what to what end? Africa right now is worse than ever because Frankly, Africa is the first test trial of South Africa, I'm talking about, is the first test trial of critical race theory. It's where they engaged critical race theory. And now look at it, they're, 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 they're doing this reverse racism in South Africa. And so that's a case example of how critical race theory is actually very flawed. And ruins countries. But all that aid to Africa, you know, U.S. aid, uh, well, that turned out to be a slush fund that even people like Deborah Burks misappropriated. People like uh, Fauci's friends were misappropriating. They were even taking those funds and spending money with uh, Maria uh, Yovanovich in Ukraine to... Uh, Advance certain policies. And it's their money. It's the money who's who, I mean, it's the middle class taxpayers' money, but I mean, it's their money to do whatever they want with it. They could travel first class. They can go into five star hotels, get the red carpet treatment, take, uh, have all kinds of big dinner, fancy dinners. And these people are getting rich off of this stuff. You know, it's no wonder that Dr. Fauci is the highest paid bureaucrat in Washington DC I saw that statistic I thought it was just a joke or whatever and I looked it up and it was like wow sure enough he makes like 750,000 salary alone but he has these patents he makes millions of dollars on this stuff and incidentally you know he Fauci is the guy that was behind the uh, gain of function since the very beginning. In 2013, here's Dr. Fauci talking about gain think of function.
4: I that, that where we are right now in science and molecular biology and particularly molecular virology and our ability to sequence and recombine and and create various organisms in some respect, is that the best way to prevent a nefarious act is to develop a culture of responsibility among scientists. You, you have to have some um, restrictions in the sense of you don't do work that could actually hurt people in the sense of if you have a laboratory accident you have to have the right containment. Uh, once you start being too restrictive, you then impede creativity for so many of the good things that could come out of the same type of work
3: so that was in 2013 he's been pushing this kind of gain of function research but yet when he speaks to Rand Paul under oath he's lying through his teeth so Rand Paul is going to request you know uh, basically uh, an investigation into him and you know you just know that Merrick Garland is not going to do the right thing for the American people. But Stephen Miller uh, wrote this, and he says, Fauci's a true believer in this kind of research. He has years invested in it. He has spent years talking, writing, and promoting it, and writing off the risks, and that's scary enough. Once you look at it that way, his current defensiveness is clear and understand what he stands to lose. So this um, piece in The Nation, yes, The Nation, is so clarifying on this. This isn't about left or right. Four million people are dead, likely because of this kind of research. That's why he, uh, Fauci deflects and distracts. It is his life's work and funding. The biggest thing shielding him is how the na- national media has def- des- uh, deified him. You know, made him greater than life. They will not press him on this because even they know where this possibly goes. Science and molecular biology cannot be to blame for this. That's Fauci's starting point. Where's the good, where's, where, we're the good guys, he says. We're only trying to help. This is why what John Stewart said resonated. Oftentimes these guys are not the good guys well-informed, or well-intentioned, or not. Fauci will defend his life's work with rabid, like a rabid wolverine because that's what true believers do. That's what Marshall and Paul brought out of him this week. I disagree with how Paul went. This guy disagrees with how Paul went about it. But the reaction was telling. I don't disagree at all with the way Ron Paul went about it. Uh, I think we need a lot more tough love in Washington, not less. Um, If you commit to this kind of research and you cure cancer, you're a genius. If you kill four million people with it, you should be regarded as a monster. That's Fauci's dilemma and what he's fighting off every day. And more and more, he's looking like the monster. Fauci and others like him. Collins at NIH, Peter Daszak, are going to continue this kind of work in places like China because of the money that flows between them. Nothing will be learned. China is going to get away with this, and this is the rest of our lives now. Good night. All right, so that's what Stephen Miller wrote. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to what was just said there, Um. And we got to get ahead of this, you know, but we have a, uh, um, a person occupying the Oval Office right now, Biden, who's lying through his teeth about vaccines and all these other things. And you wonder why the conservatives are throwing the liberals a bone on this vaccine thing. I'm telling you, folks, this is all about big corporations bullying the rest of us. If the government can get the vaccines upwards of seventy percent vaccinated, corporations will then adopt what's being already invented and created, and pushed out there. The vaccine software that said that's going to integrate with and integrate with your license. So you go out and you get a driver's license, and then it says whether you're a donor. It says whether you are registered to vote, maybe. Um it also says whether you're vaccinated or not, and then eventually that same little software infrastructure because what we're talking about is a software blueprint. You could and and with a structure or a blueprint, um, a prototype, you can you can make it say and do anything. One prototype can actually be the software for several different categories. It's sort of like a, Blues tune where you can actually fill in the blank with what words you want to use. You know, and you can make up your own rhyme and make up your own song based on the same four notes of a blues tune. And that's exactly what they're going to be doing with his vaccine passports when it comes to social media justice. Like I was saying before, something like Twitch. Twitch came out and made a statement that said that that, uh, how you behave in the real world will impact your ability to be on Twitch. Which means that if you were to get in trouble in your real life or say some things or give a speech in your real life, you know, outside of Twitch... You go to log on to Twitch and they say, we've blocked you for something that you did in your life. And now you're out of that social media. And if you listen to the Biden administration, they're they're pushing the idea that it shouldn't just stop there. It shouldn't just be one social media outlet. If you're banned on one, Jen Psaki said this, you should be banned across the board. You should be banned on all of them. And the scary notion is, who owns Twitch? Amazon. You'd be right if you said Amazon. So now you go on to shop at Amazon. You go to watch a movie. You, don't know, you no longer have an Amazon account. You no longer can go to Whole Foods and with your prime discount, buy. You might have to pay cash if they find out who you are. You can't shop at their stores. You can't buy the groceries and feed your family. And to think that it won't go there is to say that 10 years ago, did you ever dream and imagine that we would be in the place that we're in right now? We never realized what a monster Barack Hussein Obama was, and it still is, and what kind of fingerprints he has on that. He spied on every American he didn't like. This Chicago thug, this soy boy married to a guy like Michael. I mean, I'm telling you, Barack Obama divided our country and we allowed it to happen. Why? Because we wanted to be woke? Because the young population is starting to grow faster than the old population is? The older population, the great generation, who actually is a bit pragmatic, who is pragmatic and understands rights and wrongs, is being outnumbered now by the new generation that's being goofified. They're goofy. It's beyond, you know, indoctrination at some point. They don't even know their history. They don't the you, you, man on the street, you ask them what the Independence Day is all about. They don't even know because they're not learning the right things. They're not learning accurate history. They're learning about Phil Donahue-oriented wokeness. You know, that the victim is no longer the victim. It's the villain that's the victim because of the way the villain's upbringing was. You know, Phil Donahue, like I said yesterday, was the pioneer of This concept of the way you prevent future rapes is to not just look at the rape victim, but to look at the rapist and try to figure out what made him do what he did. And then there was this sympathy for this rapist. And that's an okay experiment. That's great for for theoretical discussion at a university, in a classroom. But when it comes to law and order and justice, there should be no place for it because the government is not equipped. The government is barely capable of sending a piece of mail from point A to point B. They're barely capable of actually running a train on time if you look at Amtrak. The government bureaucracy can't get anything done. Just look at SpaceX and look at look at what is being achieved by Elon Musk and and Jeffrey Bezos and, and Branson from Virgin Galactic, right? You know, all these different things. By the way, the, you know, it does look like a, uh, well, let's not. There's a lot of jokes going around with John, uh, Bezos and his spaceship. <laughs> it reminds me of the Austin Powers. Um, big boy flying through the whatever. In any case, private industry really does exceed, you know. It's making NASA look small ball, right, what they're doing with all their innovation and their money and their competitiveness. The competition's really the key. But the government's not equipped to be looking at whether a person is a he a she a they a it a is of whatever a pronoun of epic proportions no they're only equipped to do the simple things and they're only obligated to actually you know secure our borders uh, secure uh, create safe streets build help build our infrastructure and we're talking about roads Not the infrastructure they call today, which is about election fraud and sanctuary cities. No, it's um, back in the old days, it used to be that government had limited roles in these things. It's not the federal government's job to be wiretapping every human being. It's not the federal government's job to be creating an unsafe environment along the southern border you know and lying to the american people about it saying they're that they have a safe border but yet the cameras and the video they, they don't uh, they don't show that the truth and the reality are different than what is being said by our homeland security they're lying to us and they're lying to us on every step this is a this is a long-term project commitment of destroying our middle class because, as everybody knows, one of the things I say that I don't think anybody else is saying is the only way you actually can have socialism is if you destroy uh, a middle class. And I always said this. I said you cannot have socialism if you have a strong, vibrant, working middle class that represents the majority of the population independent thinking, living on the margins, impacted by policies that sit you down at the kitchen table and you work out a budget for your family. Maybe a vacation trip. Maybe uh, you could afford to build a deck on the back of your home. Uh, Maybe you can paint the white picket fence. But you don't want to be told what color to paint your fence or whether you could build a deck or or what kind of truck you need to buy, whether it's green or electric or whatever. And you, you also are impacted by policy decisions that impact the price of gasoline. Like banning the Keystone Pipeline and greenlighting the Nord Stream 2. Or throwing money hand over fist at the Palestinians and the Iranians who hate America and hate Israel. Simply, simply because you have a radical left-wing uh, ideology. So it's all of these things rolled up into one that impact the middle class. And the middle class, so long as we're here and we're working and we're not dependent on the government, you cannot have socialism. But what they're trying to do with COVID, draconian measures and responses, they're using this COVID bioweapon that came out of China as an excuse to enforce draconian um, uh, mandates. And these draconian mandates are only being allowed for a temporary period of time because of the emergency role that a governor governor can play. And it's only the liberal governors that are truly uh, going off the rails with these draconian mandates, siding with Black Lives Matter over churchgoers and Christians. So Christians can't congregate to pray, but... Black Lives Matter fundraisers for the liberal party, these Marxists can actually get together and burn and destroy and attack the police and burn public buildings down and and go after white people as racists, as segregationists. And that's what's happening right before our eyes. And, and we're watching our police just stand there and watch it. Knowing full well that you drive to work and you go five miles over the speed limit and you get pulled over and harassed by that same police officer. You're the good guy that's paying your taxes, showing up to work on time and abiding by the law. But just because you infracted the law by five miles per hour over, you're getting busted by that same police officer that sits there and does nothing in front of, in the face of Black Lives Matter because they're told what to do. Just like the, the military, just like the military uh, is now being woke and being, um, you know, exploited uh, with all this transvestite critical race theory uh, and all this wokeness and, and white privilege and all these things that General Milley is uh, putting out there. I, I had no idea, I'll be honest. One thing I didn't know I had no idea I had no idea that Millie was as bad as he is. Wow. This is a guy that would literally say and do anything for power. Which makes him a liberal liberal right there by default. But no, actually he's definitely a liberal. For him to say the things that he's been saying lately is incredible. So you say, well, where are the Republicans fighting and standing up and fighting back against this evil? This critical race theory, this Marxist evil, this wokeness, this siding with LGBTQ and transvestites over hardworking, honest Americans paying their taxes, making the engines turn. I mean, what makes this country wealthy is the middle class. What makes this country uh, have potential is the middle class. It's not the people coming over, violating our first law of, of entering our country illegally and then giving them a smartphone and flying them to a, a comf- comfy city somewhere so that they could then vote uh, the Republican, uh, vote the conservative, uh, Trump Uh, America first politician out of office and Trump supporter politician out of office, Trump endorsed politician, they want to get rid of all of that across the country. And they're trying to change the demographics to do it. And at the same time, as a twofer, they're importing these slave labor markets. But it does not help when we have people like Liz Cheney standing up there and saying the most ridiculous things. And I want to play, before we get to that, there is this, Um, this is supposed to be a Republican that CNN called on. Listen to this question real quick.
5: I am a pediatrician who utilizes social media to educate about health, and I'm very concerned about the rise in misinformation from the anti-vaccine community that is eroding trust in life-saving vaccines. Spread of this misinformation and declining vaccination rates could leave Americans vulnerable to vaccine-preventable diseases in the future. So what I want to know is, what is the White House doing to combat medical misinformation and to restore America's faith in science?
3: Does that sound like a Republican to you? No, it's not a Republican, but that's what CNN called it. CNN called that a Republican, right? Now, let's take a listen to our Republican leadership. Now, thanks to Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, this is what we have in terms of Republican leadership. Let's take a listen to what Liz Cheney had to say. To interrupt in you, uh,
2: Congresswoman Liz Cheney is speaking at Capitol Hill. Uh,
5: the attack on this building uh, on January 6th was the worst attack on this Capitol uh, since 1814. It was an attack on our Constitution. Uh, we supported what would have been the very best option, which was a bipartisan independent commission. The minority leader opposed that. He lobbied against it in the Senate, and the Senate blocked it. The American people deserve to know what happened. The people who did this must be held accountable. There must be an investigation that is nonpartisan, that is sober, that is serious, that gets to the facts wherever they may lead. Uh, And at every opportunity, the minority leader has attempted to prevent the American people from understanding what happened, to block this investigation. Today, the Speaker objected to two Republican members. She accepted three others. She objected to two, one of whom may well be a material witness to events that led to that day, that led to January 6th, the other who disqualified himself, by his comments in particular over the last 24 hours demonstrating that he is not taking this seriously. He is not dealing with the facts of this investigation, but rather viewed it as a political platform. This investigation must go forward. The idea that anybody would be playing politics with an attack on the United States Capitol is despicable and is disgraceful. And I am absolutely dedicated and committed to making sure that this investigation holds those. Who did this, and ensures that it never happens again? And the American people deserve that, and that is what we're going to do. Did
4: you, you urge? Did you urge the? Did you urge Think you can still get
0: that nonpartisan investigation you want, given that no other Republican but yourself will participate?
2: All
3: right, so we're going to take a listen to this question here,
5: real quick. Uh, that we all hold and, and unworthy of our republic. Do you, do,
4: do, do, do you personally? Did you personally urge the speaker to take this step?
5: Uh, I uh, agree with what the Speaker has done.
4: And also, McCarthy, of course, wants to become Speaker next year. Do you think that he deserves to be Speaker in the aftermath of his actions here? Uh,
5: I think that any uh, person who would be third in line to the presidency must demonstrate a commitment to the Constitution and a commitment to the rule of law. Uh, And uh, Minority Leader McCarthy has not done that. Are
2: there there other Republicans that, that you or Speaker Pelosi believe should be part of this investigation? The other three you mentioned that she did not veto are not going to participate. Uh, are there others? or there other colleagues you've spoken to?
5: There are uh, many Republicans. The vast majority of the Republicans uh, both in the House as well as across the country, recognize and understand that this was an assault on our democracy, an assault on our Constitution, and that there must be a fact-based investigation so that this never happens again. Uh, and we cannot allow those voices uh, who are attempting to prevent the American people from getting the truth to prevail, and we certainly will not allow that.
3: So, you know, the the fact is is that a lot of people are saying uh, that that Nancy Pelosi is blocking Jim Jordan and blocking uh, Congressman Byrd because, I think it was Congressman Byrd, but Jim Jordan for sure, um, they were rejected. And so we're going to listen to Frank Luntz's best buddy, uh, you know, Frank Luntz connected with Google, um, his best buddy, the Republican majority, uh, the minority leader, right, Kevin McCarthy, um, we're going to listen to what he has to say he 's flanked with Jim Jordan. Uh, Jim Jordan you know would have asked the tougher questions and there was a lot of questions that need to be asked and a lot of people were suggesting that it is nancy Pelosi's shortcomings it's it's her dereliction of duty that actually should be scrutinized. She rejected the National Guard offering that Donald Trump offered her. And that was a mistake. And there's no explanation of the pipe bombs that came out on January 5th. There's no explanation of the infiltration of the people that were actually infiltrating uh, that weren't even part of the rally. So Trump had nothing to do with the people that were wearing helmets and SWAT team uniforms. And then Trump had nothing to do with the Capitol Police waving them in. And then... um, there's lieutenant bird there's another bird <laughs> lieutenant bird uh that um shot Ashley Babbitt, and we want to know about that, of course, Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to know anything about that. She doesn't want to talk about that. How about the fourteen thousand hours of tape so we're never going to find out the truth so long as we have this situation right here. Um, And people like Liz Cheney and even Kevin McCarthy, you know, are a disappointment. But let's take a listen to McCarthy response to that.
1: Thank you for coming on short notice. Speaker Pelosi has taken the unprecedented step of denying the minority party's picks for the select committee on January 6th. This represents something that has not happened in the house before for a select committee by the historian.
3: By the way that my correction is, uh, this is a response to Nancy Pelosi's decision to reject the Republicans. This was not a response to Liz Cheney.
1: It's an egregious abuse of power. Pelosi has broken this institution. Denying the voice of members who have served in the military. Jim Banks, a Navy veteran who served in Afghanistan. Serves on Hask. Chair of the largest caucus, the Republican Conference. And law enforcement as well as a leader of a standing committee Jim Jordan isn't ranking of just his first committee he's done it before Jim Jordan has served on select committee and serves on one now made it undeniable this panel has lost all legitimacy and credibility and it shows exactly what I warned back at the beginning of January that Pelosi would play politics with this for more than six months we have a better example of the Senate, bipartisan. Schumer didn't pick who went on as the Republicans. They already have the report done by two different committees. Two main questions. Why was the Capitol so ill prepared for that day when they knew on December 14th they had a problem? And what have we done to make sure that never happens again? Pelosi has created a sham process. Unless Speaker Pelosi reverses course and seats all five Republicans, we will not participate. But we think it's too important that those two questions, why were we ill prepared? Why did they know on December 14th? Why would they jeopardize the lives of the Capitol Police? We will run our own investigation. We have law enforcement, we have military, we have doctors, we have people from all walks of life. They want to know the answer, the American people deserve that. They don't deserve politics, they don't deserve destroying the institution. No committee in Congress will work if one person is picking all who can serve. This has not happened before. House Democrats must answer this question. Why are you allowing a lame duck speaker to destroy this institution? This is the people's house, not Pelosi's house. We will do our job, though. We asked to do our job. We want to do our job. I may object to the people that she put on the committee, but I respect her right to do it, just as every leader has done before. Destroy an institution for your own political gain. America expects more and deserves more. With that, I want to bring up Congressman Jim Banks individual who deserve who served his country in Afghanistan
3: so Jim Banks was uh the the other uh one of the two and it was Jim Jordan uh that was also rejected um and you got to look at the Ronna McDaniel you know as uh I think one of the biggest people that needs to be fired you know she needs to be fired and I'm calling out to all Republicans who vote it's not, I don't want to give the impression like, shame on you for voting for Liz Cheney, you know, the Republicans in Wyoming. What the heck's going on in Wyoming? Are they, too, getting a sea C-shift of population to flip Wyoming to blue? Because I can't imagine anybody being more liberal than the way Liz Cheney sounded. But we got we to gotta put a stop to this. We got to put a stop to this infiltration that's going on. Right in our, right in our midst, we see it clearly. And one of the one of the great things that's uh, happening is, uh, that's what Bugle Call and uh, Magapac are doing every day. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're working hard every day to try to. Um, straighten out. You know, when I speak up about J.D. Vance being really a rhino, a Trump hater, uh, we're being conned and snowed. Uh, he's going to be running for an August 3rd election, primary election in Ohio. And chances are he's going to win and he's the wrong kind of Republican for the job. And Breitbart did something kind of cool. Uh, they actually met up, they went out to Wyoming and they met up with Liz Cheney's challengers in Wyoming as Donald Trump prepares an endorsement in Wyoming. So President Trump announced Tuesday he will meet next week with some of the Republican candidates challenging Representative Liz Cheney for Wyoming's lone seat in Congress. And I think he's going to do that in Bedminster. The former president has taken a key interest in the Wyoming Republican primary looking for a candidate who has the ability to defeat Cheney. Now, apples don't fall far from the tree. And I you just have to wonder what Daddy Dick Cheney was all about. To raise some, a corrupt politician that lied through her teeth to get elected. Liz Cheney. There's no way that they they, they you know, anybody who has that that kind, that level of buyer's remorse in in the as as the Wyoming people do and I would say even you know West Virginians who actually elected Manchin, who voted for impeachment twice against Donald Trump you know my biggest problem I understand that the games are played with the impeachment I understand that there's a lot of pay to play politics that uh, Ronnie McD- Ronna McDaniel is engaged with. And that's how you get people like Liz Cheney. I get the I get the game. But the thing that bothered me the most and the reason why I will not support not one candidate that voted for impeachment. Not one. Democrats, Republicans alike. The reason why I won't is because they they turned a blind eye to due process. There was absolutely no due process. And there never is with the Democrats. Whether it was the Russian hoax and the mainstream media covering up for it and nobody getting to the truth, nobody wanting to know the truth, which was that Donald Trump had nothing to do with Russia and it was was, uh, Hillary Clinton. We've been saying it since day one. We were never duped. When it came to the Russian hoax. And I was the one that tied it and said the same person that was involved with the Watergate Commission is the same person that financed the Russian hoax. And guess what? They're the same playbook. They're basically doing a a false attack on an innocent person. First it was Nixon and then it was Trump. And Trump learned something from Watergate that he said, don't get involved. The problem that Nixon had is he got involved, and next thing you know, he got overwhelmed by the swamp. Don't touch it, because you'll just get that bacteria on your fingers. We're going to go ahead and take a caller really quick. Um, we have uh, some limited time here. We're going to go ahead and take the caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hi,
2: hey Scott. This is John from Illinois. How are you today? Oh, Pretty good. I, you know, you mentioned uh, you've been talking about Liz Cheney, and the, her statements are indicative of the the out of control hysteria that we've witnessed across the political well uh, on so many issues over the last year. With COVID, of course, there's been so much exaggeration and hysteria. I want to get to that in a minute, but but with uh, the January sixth episode, I see that is more akin to the final scene of Animal House. Quite frankly, it felt much more like. Animal House, and that final scene, and it did, like, some sort of assault on the Capitol. And she called it the worst assault on the Capitol since 1814 when the British burned uh, Washington. And that's frankly flat-out untrue to anyone who knows the history. In 1954, Puerto Rican nationalists uh, actually uh, invaded or went into the Capitol, unfurled the Puerto Rican flag, and shot and wounded, I believe, five. They wounded five people. Uh, during their assault on the Capitol in a show of force for Puerto Rican nationalism. And I, I have no problem with Puerto Rican independence. That, that's fine. But the point was that it was done in a very violent, uh, aggressive way. Now, which is worse? What happened where a guy put his feet up on Pelosi's desk or shooting five people in the Capitol in 1954? And I think the answer is isn't it?
3: Well I bet you she's yeah. not even aware of that or she Well didn't and they care. won't they won't and the and the fact that they won't answer Lieutenant Bird shot and killed Ashley Babbitt at Point Blank Range and they don't even want to press charges against him or they don't want to come to the get to the answer of where the pipe bombs came from and and I know for you know I know for a fact that John Sullivan was you know an anti-trumper that was leading the pack it was a, John Sullivan's this black guy that was part of the Black Lives right. Matter. Yeah, I know. I,
2: I saw him on that day.
3: Right. right. And so he said he said on a video, I bought my first Trump hat, and, you know, and, and basically he was infiltrating. And so, you know, you got that and then you got Nancy Pelosi rejecting Trump's offer, Muriel Bowser rejecting Trump's offer for National Guard units, and they have to be requested. So... There's a lot of explaining to do, but we're never going to get to the truth. I do like what Mark McCarthy said about having their own investigation. And that, that, that is going to run akin to Nunes versus Adam Schiff's version of the Russian hoax, right? And it turned out Nunes, Nunes was right, but we, didn't, we, we only really found out the, who was right and wrong years later. So it's a moot point. And they're using this for uh, political exploitation. But what bothers me about Liz Cheney is you just know that she's taken this, 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 she's already written off winning in a re election, right? She knows she's not going to win. So, what she's doing is she's being picked up by CNN. That was CNN who ran her clips and they broke, you know, the whatever they were talking about to go and listen to Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney's getting paid by somebody to do this because what's going on in Washington today and what goes on in Ron and McDaniel's head is it's all about pay-to-play politics. Well, it's the swamp. You
2: know, I, I see that, well, I would say that she, um, uh, Liz Cheney has a lot of McCain in her because if John McCain had lost the primary, this is the exact kind of thing he would have done on his way out the door to cause as much trouble before he had to formally leave office. And that's what she's doing. I don't know if she's doing. She might get paid after she, you know, get get a CNN gig after she finishes. I'm sure she will. She'll or, be the, or she'll you know, get the a,
3: Republican, or she'll get a job on a, a, a several boards uh, to, to connect with the uh, the Pentagon and and be part of the military industrial complex and be rich as Midas.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. And it's just it's it's just not. I don't want I don't want to go down that road. It's so nauseating to think about. Uh, you know, and then it as far as We talk about abolition of norms. I don't know if um, you know Mc, McCarthy's right about that, but I believe he said that this is uh, this is unprecedented, where they haven't accepted the Republican nominees for a committee, and nothing's said about it. No one worries about it. No one says anything about it. It's just the Democrats can rewrite the rules as as they wish because that's they don't care about prior history. They don't care about tradition. They don't care about the Constitution. I don't. I don't see how people can miss this. You know. Scott, there's one sort of on a COVID, if I can ask a question about the COVID thing. Sure. You know, we're under an emergency use authorization, and there has been a disturbing trend among hospital systems and employers to require vaccination with an emergency use uh, authorized vaccine. Now, you know, the vaccines will probably end up being safe, but you wait a minimum of two years typically, and most of them are tested for five to ten years. Uh, before the release into public public uh, consumption. Now, I think the var- the, 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 they're claiming, CDC is saying, well, of the 6,200 deaths that are claimed, we've determined only three are legitimately vaccine-related. Now, it's, undoubtedly, it's more. But when they did the swine flu vaccination in 76, 26 people died, and they stopped it. Uh, and it seems like you know, they've, they've, again, violated all the norms, sort of abrogated it, because there's this perceived crisis, which they let get out of control in their attempt to attack Trump. And you know, I have heard you've heard heard of Michael Yeaton, he's the former chief scientist at at Pfizer. And he is making such dramatic claims about the damage that can be done by the vaccine. Now I I haven't heard that echoed everywhere, certainly.
3: Well concerns me I'd
2: like to hear a guy like that talk about why he thinks that Right. You know, and Malone is talking about why MRNA techs right. That's Malone, not the Johnson and yeah. Johnson
3: Malone's one. Been But we, and
2: which one's worse. I'd like yeah. to know what these guys which yeah. one's worse. Do they, well, do they think the Johnson if you had to take one, which yeah. one's worse,
3: which one's better? Well, what concerns me is this is the precursor to that notion of put everybody being required to have a chip in their arm. Because see, you know, know. that's what they've been talking about, right? Uh, they've been talking about, you know, we're gonna be trackable people. We're already doing it with our phones and then the vaccine passport software connected with our IDs. But what's going to eventually happen is it's going to be such a hassle to have to dig into your wallet. You know, you're, you know, you're of a certain age where you don't need to show your ID to walk into a place. Right. But now they're going to we're going to be back to requiring everybody needs to show an ID to walk into a, a concert. And so here I am. I have to. You know, show you my ID, and uh, eventually that's going to be such a hassle that people are going to be opting to simplify it and you know put a chip in their arm and just you know wave their arm like a magic wand and be admitted to uh, entry. So this is to me conditioning. This is just an infant infant step. It's in its infancy uh, toward their ultimate goal of controlling people to that degree
2: yeah i well i agree i think they'll introduce it as a convenience first like well right. all you got to do you don't have to bring your id with you You don't have to bring your wallet it's so convenient of course what that means then is that not only can they track you everywhere but they can track what you do it can be part of a social credit system because all the information about you that's right let's say it connects to the internet when you're typing something or when you're speaking it, it you know, he can. A you know, this is way. This is kind of science fiction, yeah. but they can let say transcribe what you say, record yeah. what you say. All these things can be yep. used against you, and people don't realize it. But my right. short, point, my one thing was, if you could have Yeadon or someone like that on to explain which vaccine is least harmful <laughs> and uh, most. Likely yeah, what, what's the, like how do you spell the, how, real quick
3: that, with ten seconds? How do you Yeadon, spell the last he, name?
2: Y e a d o n Michael Yeadon. He's former chief scientist at Pfizer. And then people like him or Robert Malone, who invented mRNA. MRI. Yeah, I've been following Malone. Just for information.
3: I've been following Malone, yeah. but we got to go. we got to go. We're Eden. out of time.
2: Okay. Sure.
3: John, thank you for calling in today. All right, take care. Thanks. Well, that Bye. brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. <laughs> we're always running out of time around here, um, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out dot buglecall.org, and check out scottadamsshow.com for the latest podcast. And, We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Everyone.
4: I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mounds getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.